0: To another edition of the Music Video Land podcast. My name is Adam Farah of IMVDB.com, the Internet Music Video Database. And with me, as usual, is Mr. Douglas Klinger, uh, also of IMVDB.com. Uh, Doug, how are you? Super good, Adam. I'm I just super good. How about you? How are you doing? Not bad. And As uh, viewers or listeners of the podcast may notice, we've been doing a lot of uh, This Week in Music video podcasts, where we recap the This Week in Music videos, but peppered in there will be interviews uh, with music video directors and and commissioners and and other people involved in the process. And we're really excited because this week we have on Mr. Cameron Duddy, who uh, has directed some of our absolute favorite music videos of uh, 2013 2012 and 2011 he
1: has he has especially music videos by people like bruno mars and
0: a wall nation and group love you've heard of those those guys haven't you adam uh, I have definitely heard of Bruno Mars. If you go to um Cameron Duddy's Facebook or sorry, IMVDB page, which <laughs> is linked on this uh, podcast page, if you go to imvb.com slash podcast um, you know we we list the most popular at the top. And um, fans of Bruno Mars will definitely be familiar with the music videos he has directed for Mr. Bruno Mars that are right there at the top and are most popular, including The Lazy Song, which is the number 17 music video of all time in terms of views that we have listed on the site. I believe
1: that puts it at number 18 videos of all time, too. Isn't Isn't the whole top 20 all music videos and Charlie biting a finger?
0: I think that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, we, we let Charlie bit my finger in there for, for some reason. Walked um, Out of Heaven, uh, When I Was Your Man, Treasure, as well as The Other Side. Um, and uh, Cameron has also directed a lot of videos for AWOL Nation, including Sail, um, their big hit, uh, Not Your Fault, Kill Your Heroes, um, and the kit is not alright. But he also, in 2013, has directed some really unbelievable music videos, including uh, a, a video that uh, I would put in like definitely my top five funniest videos, music videos I've ever seen. And that is, uh, something I need by one Republic. Um, and then also the extremely, uh, one of my favorite videos, not just the comedy element is there, but I, I, you know, I, I think it's just a great all around video is ways to go by group love.
1: Yeah, definitely a great video as well. Yeah. He's uh, he's said, it's a pretty, uh pretty sweet 2013. Um, my twenty thirteen has been shit, but but Cameron's <laughs> has been Cameron's has been pretty good. Cameron's has been pretty good. I've had a really bad year, but we won't talk about that.
0: Uh okay, well Doug just made it weird, but I just want to say that uh <laughs> that this um this interview is, is really great, uh, because if you notice uh, Cameron's sort of videography, it starts with you know his first, you know one of his first videos is "Sail" by A. Wall Nation, um, which is which was a huge hit. Um, and then you know he got into Bruno Mars. So he definitely, you know, um, it's really interesting to hear about the story of how he kind of got into this business of making music videos and and how his career pro- progressed. There's a lot of really unexpected twists and turns there. So um, here we go. This is our interview on uh, Music Video Land with uh, music video director Cameron Duddy. So I'm Cameron Detti,
2: and uh, I'm a, I'm a I'm a director. That, uh, that sums it up. That's it. <laughs> I'm a director. I edit all, almost all my own stuff. Um, I live with my wife is a, f- a fashion photographer. Um, I have two dogs and a pig. I live in Topanga, California. That's my that's my story.
0: And actually, Doug and I were talking before we got on the, the call with you that we like to talk about, like, firsts for people that have been on the podcast. And you're the first person to be on the podcast who has a People Magazine article about your about your wedding. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's
2: which... true, dude. I guess that, that comes with the territory of, of being in this, like... Uh... Dynasty is the wrong word, but just growing up in the in in the entertainment world, you know, my my stepmom's an actress slash director, my my dad's a DP slash director, my grandma's an act, actress slash director, believe it or not. Um, so People Magazine need to know when Cameron Duddy got married. I guess, dude, I, uh, I one person maybe in the world. Might have read that and thought it was interesting. Everybody else flipped the page. I'm sure.
0: Well, it's got it's got 25 comments on it, so I wouldn't be so sure. About Damn, that. Uh, those are all <laughs> those are all from my friends talking shit. That's all. So tell us a little bit. You know, you mentioned that you come from this background of you know actresses and directors and, and directors of photography. You know what you know what initially drew you to you know the medium of music videos.
2: Me- music videos is weird. Uh, I never. If you would have asked me. Two or three years ago, had I the desire or thought I would be making them, I would have laughed and said, "Hell no!" <laughs> uh, because even back then, I didn't really watch them. It, I swear, ever since the like dawn of the internet, the the music video to me had lost its like, its its like uh, its luster. You know, I mean, I remember growing up and being glued to MTV, and like there was events. You know what I mean? Like when a music video came out, uh, it also happened to be something that growing up was sort of taboo in my house. My stepdad was a real like straight and arrow kind of guy. And, you know, he didn't believe in, in the gutter trash that was on MTV. So it was also something that I wasn't allowed to watch, which made it even cooler. Um, so when the internet came out, when the internet came out, uh, when, when music videos became predominantly viewed on, on, on the web, uh, you know, we be, it, and, and you know, the, the way that they were, the way that they were made was becoming cheaper with the invention of, you know, uh, mini DV and tape and, you know, DSLR cameras and stuff like that. Like everyone was a music video director. Everyone got a music video. So we were just inundated and it was hard to, you know, sort of, swim through it and find the nuggets, So I just sort of stopped caring about them. Uh, I think in general, I was also in a band in LA um, for a number of years. So I, I played music. I was a musician before I got into this racket. And so I also like sort of made it my, like I just could not stand any other bands at the time, you know, being in, being in LA band, you sort of like, does, you, 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 uh, you put on this like suit of armor where you just don't give a shit about anybody else, you know, cause that's like the rock and roll thing to do. Um, so maybe you might secretly watch like a Kings of Leon music video and hate it to yourself, but you would never like tell anybody you saw it, you know? Right. Uh, so what happened was that, you know, long story short, um, I, I ended up having to get a real job at one point and, um, I had made music, or not music videos, but I was, I, I had done film in high school, you know, my, I grew up thinking I was going to do it before I sidetracked into music for a couple years after high school and college, and I was always like, oh, I got to do, this is what I'm going to do, you know, and I always thought I was going to be a director, which was weird too, I'm not sure why.
0: Um, but on a director of music videos.
2: But just a director, because I, I. I always felt like I was on my dad's sets, like, cause he had done some movies with his production company when I was right out of high school, and I was like, so naive, you know. But I, I was always on set doing behind the scenes and shit like that, and I was like, fuck, I can do this guy's job, you know. There's no way I can't do that, naively, you know. So I convinced myself I would be able to do it. I didn't want to do music videos. I just didn't see the point. And I don't like. I didn't like the medium. I didn't see any real. Um, payoff to it I have narrative that was my thing I'm just going to do I'm 22 years old at the time I'm just going to write a fucking screenplay and do a narrative film Uh, and that didn't pan out and I had to get a real job and I worked at a camera rental house and learned all about cameras that was basically my college and um, had to hang up the guitar sort of it just wasn't painting out there was no money in it I was getting to a point where I was sick of being broke and I met my wife uh, and this was like four years ago and um, I sort of just had access to cameras and stuff and I, the buddies that I had made through playing in bands I had still I, I still had and one of them was Aaron Bruno from AWOL nation we were living at my grandma's house it, yeah, in a, it, one of her properties, like in this side house, this little hut that was like a renovated garage, and he had just got dropped from his label, and he was in between labels and just going through a midlife crisis, and he was writing what would now, you know, later be the Aol Nation uh, megalithic symphony record, and um, so when I started getting into the, that medium and 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 messing around with cameras and telling shorts doing doing like little skits and stuff I was way into comedy he uh he got the record deal and and I was sort of first up to do a music video and I said fuck yeah let's just do it you know because I loved Aaron and we were just going to be able to do another project together so sale we did sale my dad shot it my dad dp'd it
0: Hmm. yeah and that I mean that that single was such like a a sleeper hit I mean it's kind of known as one of those uh, a classic sleeper hit that you know charted you know, pretty low in the Hot 100 initially and then then came back in 2013. So at the time you guys were making that in 2011, was there any sense at all that that would be, you know, kind of the huge no. hit that it would be?
2: It was a throwaway single, man. They had done a video for a single called Burn It Down, and I thought I was definitely going to be the shooting in to do that that first video. And I just didn't have the experience, so they they gave it to another guy. The video came out decent, I guess. Um I edited it for the guy, Um, and it was just—I guess it came out lukewarm. Not that the video was bad, but the single just didn't do what they wanted it to. So when when sale was up, they were like, "Fuck, let's just give it to this like whippersnapper." (laughs) So I wrote a treatment. They're like, "How much is it going to cost?" And I was like, "Oh fuck, Uh, I don't know. I didn't know anything, you know." So I like sort of like I went into you know I opened up a Microsoft Excel sheet and like you know put some numbers together. I'm like, "Oh, it's ten grand." They were like, 10 grand, holy shit, fuck yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I did and I obviously ran out of money. And uh, I needed to go back to them like three times. And, and But they were cool and we ended up doing the project for, I think at the end of the day, like 16 grand. And it's still one of those music videos that people like, I'll be on a phone conference with somebody in like France or even Frida Pinto from Gorilla, And uh, I, they're like, dude, sale is my favorite music video. I love that, I love that video. Like fuck, Jesus, man, that's cool. I that was three years ago, and I haven't done shit since then. So I peaked. <laughs> and
1: what, what was the like? How did how did it kind of go from you know you mentioned having a personal relationship with the band and and, and kind of knowing them and being a whippersnapper uh, when directing that first video? How, how does like what was the path from that into now? You know, having one of the videos you directed in like the top twenty most viewed music videos or or videos in general of all time. What was that that kind of path?
2: Oddly enough, I mean, I started to, you know, be... Then I was in the music video game, you know, after that. You know, like, that, I was in it. Like, And I I was sort of hungry for it. And I'm the type of person who just, I guess, wants to win at life, you know. And I wanted... And now that I was in this racket, I wanted to at least, you know... I, I was quickly identified that I couldn't just use my sale music video to get my you know, shitty screenplay made at the time, you know, so I needed to put my time in and, and learn what I felt like I needed to learn and create an identity and music videos like any, you know, like so many other directors can, um, you know, verify there, there, it's a, it's a place where you can experiment and like, you know, re- learn your, 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 your strong suits and your what your weaknesses are and get to know people and figure out how to, diplomatically navigate jobs because there's a lot of that, you know, and, and maintain relationships with video commissioners and labels and artists and managers. It's like a microcosm for film or TV, you know, it's the same thing. So, uh, I made it my mission and I didn't do anything after sale came out for like eight months. I was back on like, you know, doing like day labor shit with my brother and, uh, I, I, around that time met Bruno Mars cause my wife fil- took the photos for his first, um, like press packet before he was anybody. She got hired by a guy named Nick Billardello at Atlantic records. And I was unemployed and she was like, you want to come and shoot B roll, you know? I said sure. And I came down there and this guy was there it was Bruno Mars and he was wearing this little fedora and. I I filmed all day and he was totally entertaining and uh, I was wearing this jean jacket and uh, he was vibing the jean jacket and like between shots he came up to me and he was like, dude, uh, can I, let me buy that jean jacket off you. He's like, can I buy it off you? I said, no, man, this is my favorite jean jacket. This thing fits me perfectly. And he said, well, let me wear it. So I let him wear it for the, for the shots. And at the end of the day, he's like, dude, I'll give you 300 bucks for this thing. And I, I relented. I said, no, dude, I can't. And this is maybe, by the way, when you hear the end of the story, this could be the pivotal moment of my whole career. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a jean jacket. And I said no to the 300 bucks, even though I paid 45 for it. And I cut together the B-roll from that day. And I worked with this guy, Nick Billardello, who is a creative director at Atlantic, with the video footage that I had. And we, we ended up editing like on the side for no money this like rough cut to um, the other side which was a b-side single for his first album and it came out really great. so the label ended up like paying me a couple bucks, bucks to to make a couple revisions and it was like a slam dunk for Nick who had like pulled this rabbit out of the hat for no money and they had this content for a, for a kid who didn't have any content you know Bruno Mars they didn't even hadn't done any music videos for him yet. So it was a win win, and I remember Nick calling me. He's like, "Yeah, oh, we fucking crushed it, dude." And uh, you know, they're good. They're he's about to shoot his first huge music video for a song called "Just the Way You Are." He's like, "I'm I'm lobbying hard for me and you to, to co-direct it." And dude, I'm t- I, bro, I'm pissed poor broke at the time. Like, I don't have any jobs. You know, I'm I'm just like on Craigslist trying to like edit people's reels and shit. You know. And uh, so I'm thinking like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. I don't know anything. This is going to happen. And they called me. And I forget who even called. But they were like, hey, is this camera dirty??" Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm calling about the Bruno Mars music video for Just The Way You Are. And I'm thinking like, fuck, dude, this is it. This is how they're going to ask me to do the music. And she goes, yeah, uh, I'm the wardrobe stylist. Can Bruno borrow your jacket for the <laughs> And I was like, fuck. Of course I said yes, you know, but I said, can I at least do, I said yes. And I called Nick and I'm like, dude, I just got like the wind knocked out of me. He's like, I know, fuck, I'm sorry. I said, well, can I at least do the behind the scenes if I let them borrow the jacket? And they said, sure. So I showed up and I did the behind the scenes. And I got to see Bruno again and I got to see Philip Lawrence again. And, and like we totally had a good time doing this behind the scenes. We were laughing and shit. Uh, and... uh and I got to stay in the in the you know the gravitational pull of Bruno at that point, and I, and then from there I kept doing the behind the scenes, and I worked on I did behind the scenes on the video for Grenade, um, and I did a behind the scenes on the la- the first Lazy song, so I get the call at this point I'm running like a sort of mini production company, t- doing all a bunch of Atlantics like behind the scenes shit. And for Bruno's stuff, I'd actually show up and shoot. Otherwise, I'd, I'd hire these kids to go out and I would sort of produce this stuff on the side. Um, I was also... Okay, well, no, I wasn't with Boulevard yet. So, you know, I'm just doing shit uh, to make ends meet. And I got the call to do the Lazy Song. I remember I was in Vegas working on an event, like, you know, building a booth for L'Oreal at the fucking, you know, some clothing show. And... uh uh, so we, we go, I, I went to the, the shoot, it starred um, Sp- Leonard Nimoy, this guy named Nez uh, directed it, super sweet guy, great guy, it was a two day shoot, um, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's, it's Bruno isn't in the video, and it stars like this narrative, like, romp with, or it, it's, it's a narrative romp, starring Leonard Nimoy, he's just like this curmudgeon who, like, um, has a shitty day, you know. Hmm. Have you guys seen the video?
0: Yeah, yeah, actually I I didn't recognize it as Leonard Nimoy. I almost I'm almost ashamed to admit. You should be ashamed, dude. Oh wow. Jeez, yeah. and I'm a Star Trek fan. Wow. Okay, uh yeah, no, I've seen the video. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely like a narrative kind of narrative flavored style video.
2: And and for whatever reason, um Bruno wasn't in it and whatever, blah, blah, blah. This whole thing went down. I think Bruno sort of wrote the single off at the time. Uh, And I was there and we did this fake – we did like a Christopher Guest behind the scenes type thing where like got everyone to talk shit about each other in these candid interviews. I even got David Saslow, uh, now the GM of Atlantic Records, then the uh, head of video commissioning, to talk shit about Bruno and everyone's talking. About each other, it was this funny like you know joke that we all had played on each other and done, and and it came out really cool. The behind the scenes was really funny. Um, And then a month later, I got a call, and yo, the you know we're not going with that first video. Uh, His manager called me and said we're not going to go with that first video. But the god, the behind the scenes was really good, man. And you, you know, I'd been on tour with Bruno at the time, and I had a solid relationship with him. And I, you know, I'd been doing a lot of his videography and stuff. We'd rap about, you know, art and music, and got to know each other artistically like that. Uh, and he was like, "Do you have an idea for Lazy Song?" And I said, "Sure, yeah. Let me call you back in like thirty minutes. I'm on a job." You know, I was like building something at the time, and uh, I didn't. have – Yeah, so I like riffed when I called him back, and from there we sort of created the the, what the lazy song is now for like no money. We had a couple bucks to put it together as like this substitute video that like we didn't. It was it was a hit. It didn't matter if the video sucked because I already had a good video in the can that Bruno didn't like for whatever reason. So this was just like you know this was a, a shot in the dark to maybe hopefully try to make something that was different and better to Bruno, you know. And we did the dancing monkeys thing. Uh and it came out really good. And um that was sort of me breaking in after sale. That was like my follow up video like eight months later. And those two things back to back were enough to like get some interest in in production companies. And I ended up partnering up with Boulevard. The rest is history, dude.
0: That is the first do, time you... we've we've had a Jean jacket factor in too. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> and you still have that jacket, right? That's still around. It's available. You you you
1: still. It's in your your wardrobe rotation. Oh, I'm wearing it right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Take us a little, just through a little bit of the. You know, you mentioned it was kind of a shot in the dark, but you guys, you had to find like, you know, five guys who were dancers and were or, or, or those, his backup dancers,
2: we we came up with this idea. We were riffing back and forth. Like we always do. It's always starts with one idea and then it goes to another idea. And then it's like, it ends up
0: becoming this Bruno
2: Mars, Cameron Duddy baby. I love talking about myself in the third person. Um, <laughs> and, and so it, that, what, you know, the, the end result was this idea that you now see, and he was like, "Oh my god, I got the bet. I got the guys who are going to dance." So he called the the poriotics who were like the runners up under um, the Jabberwockies for "So You Think You Can Dance" or whatever fucking show they were on. You know, dance crew something or other, mm-hmm. some show like a uh, competition show. So he called them up, and they were like, "Oh my god, of course you." Have at that point, you know, at this time, he was three singles into his first record. He had some serious juice. You know, people wanted to work with him, so they flew in like an overnight flight from Russia. And uh, I remember there were six of them, but we only had five monkey masks. <laughs> I basically looked around and like the one guy who was super tired, who was like nodding off, we're like, "All right, dude, take a nap," <laughs> you know. <laughs> and he was the guy who like got to sleep downstairs the whole day. We rented out some like friend of ours house. We shot it in her in her bath or in her bedroom. Uh, my dad DP'd that one too, if if you want to call it that. There's not a whole lot of camera going on, but we rehearsed it. We built the whole idea and all the choreography, and it took us like six hours to to figure out what we wanted to do, and then we shot it for two hours, and we did like I think 18 takes, and we picked take 17, probably I think, and that was it. That was the video.
0: Wow. Um. Yeah. Now, I, I also wanted you know you if you look at your your page that we, we track the most popular and the top five most popular are the the Bruno Mars there. So obviously these are in, extremely popular music videos. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about the style of some of the subsequent subsequent ones that you've done. Um, I'm talking about you know like Locked Out of Heaven and When I Was Your Man and Treasure because they they share some of these videos share a common theme of having sort of like a a vintage style. Um, uh, some you know sometimes in the way you know it looks and sometimes in the actual kind of staging of it, like Treasure, which is staged like one of these you know kind of late seventies, um, you know, band setups. Um, so I was wondering, you know, since you do a lot of collaboration with with Bruno Mars, you know, where that that kind of interest in that style comes from.
2: I mean, it it, it I
0: guess it comes from a mutual love of like everything that isn't
2: happening anymore, you know, and that yeah. and that's where Bruno and I. And I think a lot of artists probably spend most of their time daydreaming, you know, it's the good old days and Bruno's vibe, you know, his whole record, his second record is very inspired by that. And so it just sort of made sense aesthetically to match that with what was going on with his new, like, you know, this advanced, um, persona, you know, on this new record, um, and trying to shrug that old, uh, you know, teeny bopper, tweeny bopper, uh, image that he sort of carried through and put him, you know, on, on the map for his first album. And he wrote something that was a lot more sophisticated and, and advanced, I think on this new one. And, and he wanted to show that and, and he was in a position to experiment, I think, because he has that sort of, um, heat, you know, and that, and that juice. So we were luckily the label got behind it. Um, with some convincing, and, and we were, Bruno always has this weird, obscure link, you know, check this, out, man, check this video out, and from that video always comes, okay, well, check this video out, dude, you know, and then, well, what about this video, and what about this picture, and what about this, well, what if we did this, and it always takes like a month, you know, it's like, we start the conversations a month or two beforehand, and and like, chess by neck, you know, it'll come like trickling and trickling and we'll, we'll share stuff, um, back and forth until, okay, we got to shoot a video, man. So let's, you know, reference all those emails that we just sent to each other in the last two, two months. All right, cool. Let's try to put something together with that.
1: Do you, do you ever like write an actual treatment? Do you have to send it off to the label as well? Or is it pretty much just you and Bruno have the keys and, and whatever you guys come up with is, is already okay?
2: That's it. I mean, dude, it doesn't go out to other directors. It's it's just me and him, you know, doing our thing. Contractually and legally, we have to write a. I have to write a treatment. So, uh, you know, it's about one page long, less than a paragraph with no photos. Um, But, but, uh, I man, dude, I wish. Do you guys have a fucking email? I'm sure you have. You you have email, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. We do have electronic mail.
2: Participate in that. Um, I'm trying to find. Oh my god, here it is, dude! I just found the treatment that I wrote for the lazy song because they needed me to do it. Uh, and it, I wrote it in a text edit format, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it. That's like where I was at the time. I didn't know shit until I was with um, Boulevard. I didn't know how this worked, man. You know, I don't know. I came in so green. I I I, I just didn't know anything and. and- Craig Bernard at Boulevard single-handedly um, mentored me through all this shit, you know, and and like would stay up till three in the morning writing treatments with me. And at one point, man, after Lazy Song, I, you know, I wrote I wrote everything on everything under the sun. I mean, and mostly it was all you know the worst music, but I didn't care. I just you know Craig was like, you got to figure out how to write, you know. You, he saw I had a strong narrative voice, but didn't know how to like present the ideas. So he would always work with me with that on that. Um, and I went a year without getting any jobs. Basically, you know, I would I did the random A Wall videos, you know, which I'm really are near and dear to my heart, and I'm very proud of those. And Aaron Bruno, not to get, be confused with Bruno Mars, but Aaron from from A Wall Nation is similar with as Bruno is. Um, with our relationship he's like whatever cameron wants to do let's do it so i sort of have free reign with, with his camp as well and there's a lot of trust there I, I, I guys i've been really lucky you know i've been really really lucky to um establish relationships with like super talented people who i like would never even have dreamed uh, of collaborating with this early on in my career um well, especially I love music so much and i came from a musician you know background and part of my other part of my family are all musicians and so i just i, I love this shit man you know and i have i guess without knowing it i i, I have this like rhythm in, in my heart <laughs> like, that i guess lends itself to music videos and understanding like where musicians are coming from because it is one of the only mediums that you're put into a box with somebody else who really like most times doesn't have any clue about the process of making a video or um, telling a story in terms of visuals and, or, you know, producing something, you know, if you, you know, you're working with producers for a music from, or actors for a TV show or a, or a movie, they get it inherently they're in this racket. They understand how it works. Um, commercials, you could argue, are the same way as music videos, where you're working with clients that are like, you know, guys that develop the Pepsi taste, you know what I mean? But like, really, don't understand, you know, marketing or advertising. But music videos, especially, it's weird. You're, you're it's two creative minds working with and against each other at the same time, and, and figuring out how to speak their language has been in, uh, like sort of pretty crucial to to working, um, frequently, you know, keeping, keeping busy. So, well,
0: in 2013, you've done a lot of, or or you've branched out into different artists like group love, like, um, Cody Simpson and one Republic. And, you know, one of the, um, one video I did really want to talk about because it's, uh, one of our favorite video, our favorite videos in terms of comedy, um, is this something i need video for one republic and you mentioned treatments so i was wondering you know if and, and anybody's who's seen, seen hasn't seen this video it involves a reappearing rabid dog um i was wondering what the treatment sort of looked like for that cuz you mentioned learning how to how to write treatments at this point um you know how, how do you pitch a music video like that
2: that was fun dude um <laughs> that's a funny story too uh <laughs> I was I was in pre production for Gorilla, and I got a call from uh, Interscope saying that Ryan Tedder wanted to do wanted me to do his next music video for One Republic, and it would be a single bid type of thing. Like if I wanted to do it, I have the job. Let's just get on the phone and hash out an idea. And um, I'm a Ryan Tedder admirer. Uh, I've known the guy for a long time and I think that what he does is pretty genius. He's, he's a, uh, incredibly savvy businessman and, and a successful songwriter. Um, but I wasn't exactly sure how I was going to make it work before gorilla because Bruno takes all my time when we're in pre-production and, you know, uh, we just, that's just how it is. You know, it's constant phone calls and we're always in the shit, you know, there's no, it, it's, it's just, a, it's, very demanding um, for in a good way. So I, I was trying to skirt this one republic job. I wasn't sure how I was going to do it, and I certainly didn't want to make a music video that would come sh- up short if the guy single-bid me, you know? So they were like, well, the video commissioner, Andrew, was like, why don't you just get on the call and just rap, rap out with him and see if he has any ideas or whatever. So I, my initial thought going into this phone call was like, how do I figure out how to not do this job? Because I Don't let anyone down, especially not Interscope, you know, because I, I I love them and, and they're like family to me and they're just a good people and I didn't want to let them down. And I'd rather not get the job and not take the money than like put something shitty out, you know. So we hop on this phone call and Ryan's super, um, you know, he's he's really flattering. I mean the guy like just fucking – like said all the right things. And I was like, Oh my God, how am I going to turn this off? How am I going to turn this down? You know? And Andrew was like, so yeah, anyway, Cameron has a couple ideas for the music video. and He totally put me on the spot, which I didn't have any ideas for. So, uh, I, w- I have like a inspiration folder on my desktop of like, it's got a million photos in it. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I, uh, I guess i got an idea. And I figured I'll either throw out a couple random ideas that work, you know, that I want to do. Or they'll be so bad that he has to say no, and so it's a win-win. You know what I mean? Hmm. And one was, why don't – the first one was, what you know, what what if we did a music video where a guy just gets attacked by a dog the whole time? It'll be funny because uh, it's like an anthemic epic pop song, you know? And it was like crickets for a second. And I'm like, <laughs> just like, figured out how to not do this video, you know? Uh, I love it. <laughs> And that was it it was like holy shit okay now we get to do this video so I won you know I got to do like a funny like cool video without having to like you know uh, sacrifice you know my creative vision or whatever you want to call it to, to just to make someone happy and, and do the job the funny part was they asked me what the second idea was and I said well what if we did like a guy and he's hanging out with a talking sandwich all day <laughs> And they were like, "Dude, it made the dog attack video seem way more sexier." So they like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's great. And, and and so I'm curious. You mentioned before that you were like doing like com, like sh- comedy skit videos and stuff like that prior to doing the music videos. Is that kind of influence? Are you going to continue to kind of carry that forward? you you know you've got a lot of humor makes a, a big you know humor is a big part of a lot of your your more recent videos, especially.
2: I don't know, man. It's weird. I, I love. The, I have a short skit that me and Aaron from Aaron Bruno from uh, AWOL did we almost sold a tv show right before he uh signed his deal with AWOL Nation yeah I was way into that for a while and I still am but the comedy format is something that um it works for certain jobs uh I'm I don't know if I'm like I don't know, man. I think Spike Jones is like a really cool, interesting guy who messes with that format like in an interesting way, you know? Where it's it's half comedy, half drama, half like tug on your heartstrings. Um so if there's anyone I identify with, it's like Michelle Gundry or like uh, you know, Spike Jones or um I you know, I love Apatow. Uh he does cool shit, but I, I don't I'm there, I won't when I transition in the near future, hopefully, to to features. I don't know if that's going to be my bag. I think comedy is the uh, you know it's it's the universal language, and I think it helps definitely uh, when when you know that you shouldn't be too serious, you know, because oftentimes taking yourself way too seriously is so fucked up. And and you can tell people who take themselves really seriously in their music videos, both directors and artists, so for me it's like a i guess sometimes it's sort of like a like a shield man, you know it allows me to skirt any sort of real <laughs> uh you know ownership of things if I'm just making fun of myself and 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 the videos are fun, then I get to use that as a default uh. Ah, you know, if it came out shitty, well, we were trying to make it shitty and funny. You know,
1: and and you and you talked before about you know when, when you were younger and you used to watch um, music videos on MTV and stuff, and when, and a premiere of a music video used to be an event. And and I feel like, um, you know, for for some of the music videos that you direct now, you you kind of get that. You know, the the gorilla music video had a big kind of a release behind it, and and that that kind of. a had that kind of feel of an event of the release as well. Do you, you feel like you're able to kind of achieve that feeling with some of the videos you're doing now?
2: I guess Gorilla sort of came out in an interesting way um, with Facebook, so that felt like sort of close to what you used to get. Um, but no, man, it'll never be the way that it used to be because in back in the day, all you had was one uh, channel, so to speak, uh, one one way of getting your music video that was mtv that was the television you know uh and now there's you know there's the internet and and computers and phone i've smartphones and you'll never be able to centralize everyone's you know viewership to one thing you know to one place you won't be able to direct them to one place so it'll never be as potent as it used to be however i am very happy with how Gorilla rolled out, and I uh, thought it was a really smart thing, and, and I'm glad I'm glad that it came out like that.
1: And, and I know I asked, uh, I, we have an interview, if you're listening to this uh, interview with us, but there's another interview uh, about specifically the Gorilla video on our blog, and I know I asked about the Facebook release in there as well, but was that, to your knowledge, that was that the plan behind releasing it on Facebook, is, is getting it to have a central place for people to see it? For,
2: well, I mean, anytime that you can, um, uh, anytime that you that you can f- focus people's attention to one place as opposed to a million places um, is always going to be more powerful for a premiere. So, giving Facebook uh, Facebook exclusivity to that for twenty four hours made it um, accessible and also uh somewhat um uh, it it i don't know it was more of a, a sexier thing you know if it goes to to youtube you can post youtube anywhere you know what I mean like it was like it was on it was on facebook that's it so there's only one place that you can go see it for twenty four hours and that was a really cool thing. we really funneled people into watching it there and I remember distinctly when we were in the u k editing this thing, Bruno and I talked about how how to best you know launch this thing and fuck i at one point i was like man we should do a a movie premiere like this is a movie you know we should rent a rent a theater out and do a fucking like red carpet premiere you know Mm -hmm. because it felt like that it felt like thriller or some shit man it felt like we had just made a actual movie you know uh and that's because i've done a lot of music videos and bruno's certainly done a lot of videos and I, you know from what i watch you know what limited videos i do watch nothing seemed as potent as that video did to us uh, for you know i was trying to plug that for a while and then like the day before i left um she was like man I, you know i might just twitter this like i always do <laughs> and brandon his manager and i pretty much you know Brandon was the one who said, "Hey, we've got links to Facebook, and they want to do something really interesting like this, and they've never done it before. I think this would be a good, a good um, opportunity to take advantage of that uh, that offer. And it was, so it, you know, it was just as good as doing a red carpet premiere without like jerking ourselves off, you know, which could have ended up being somewhat embarrassing had had we gone down that road." Um, plus Bruno's on tour and you know schedule wise it just didn't make sense so Facebook was the option that we went with and it it came out it it ended up paying off for in a way that uh, I'm very happy with for sure
0: and I'm just curious does Facebook give you guys I know there's metrics in terms of like um, you know likes and comments so they give you guys view counts
2: I talked to my dude at Atlantic and before the 24 hours was up, I think it was like a good five, six hours before um, that 24 hour hold was was up, that like exclusivity. We were already at six million views. So I think we ended up capping out around seven to eight. And the Lazy Song, which was, you know, our biggest to date, didn't premiere at a million views in 24 hours. So that like sort of blew all our minds and exceeded our expectations and just makes us feel really good.
1: Pretty sweet there's there's the. I know at the the beginning of this the interview you talked we talked about firsts and there's uh I think it also might be a first to have um your dad shoot your videos I think I think Cameron's the only person um that I remember talking to who that's true for so that's pretty sweet
0: That's right um I think we we should probably link to um Christopher Duddy, which is Cameron Duddy's dad uh dad's uh, IMDb page um, because he has a really interesting, uh, history there. And I was, uh, before this interview, I was completely unaware that he had, you know, DP'd, uh, you know, the lazy song and a few other videos, uh, for Cameron, cause we don't have his credit on the site. Um, but by the time you listen to this, we will, but, um, he was, um, worked in visual effects for like total recall and, and, and Titanic and a lot of other, um, videos or uh, films that you will definitely know. But if you've got somebody, if your dad is, uh. It's Christopher Duddy and, and he knows what he's doing behind the camera. I guess that's the kind of a why not bring him in.
1: Yeah, right. It's not like it was my dad and who did it, it who's a great guy, but is, is not skilled at all. Um Yeah, if you were like if you are
0: shooting a music video for Bruno Mars, you wouldn't you wouldn't call your dad. No, I, would I not wouldn't call, call my my dad. dad. My dad I would call, my dad is a would, huge would, Bruno Mars I, fan, so he probably is listening to this but I'm so sorry dad, but I, I probably wouldn't call you to to, to Director to be the cinematographer for a Bruno Mars video. I'm
1: i I'm still upset that you didn't because you had the chance, like Cameron's dad shot a Bruno Mars video, your dad your dad is a huge Bruno Mars fan. Like I think you should have said something about that to Cameron and maybe seeing if you could have like getting gotten him to pass pass the the fact that your dad is a fan on to Bruno Mars. Like I feel like that's something Bruno Mars would
0: really would would benefit from hearing. So there's yeah, Bruno Mars is ne- he's never he's never like looking like crap. Um, no. So
1: knows, Cameron knows style too, as you as you just heard about that jean jacket story. <laughs> That's
0: right. Can, if if I was shooting uh, behind the scenes for Bruno Mars, uh, I doubt Bruno Mars would come up and be like, "Where do you where did you get that shirt from Target?" That, <laughs> yeah, right. I'll buy, let, me, let me buy that that shirt that uh, that twenty dollars shirt off you from Target.
1: Let me get those. Can I buy those? Those those basketball shorts from you? Can I <laughs> those four year
0: old four year old vans that you've been wearing since college? Can I get those? Uh, yeah. Well if there's anybody still listen, listening to this, um you can find us on well the podcast you can find at IMVDB.com slash podcast. You can get us all the normal places, IMVDB dot or slash uh, IMVDB and twitter.com slash IMVDB. And um, like I said, usually every week um, uh, we record it on a Thursday night and release it on Friday morning. Uh, we release We talk about this week in music videos, which uh, there's always some interesting music videos coming out. So we have a fun panel that talks about that. and then we have uh, these interviews which come out uh, um, you know whenever the Muse music moves us. So uh, check those out. And thank you to Cameron Duddy for hanging out with us.
2: Fucking long story, by the way, guys. I'm looking at the ticker. I'm already half an hour in. So just
0: <laughs> no, no. Keep going. This is this is great. This is gold.
1: Oh,
2: it is No, this is yeah. great. Absolutely. Okay.